Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the PHNX Rising post game show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to leave a five star review. My name is Ramon Chavez. I'm joined by Owen Evans. Owen, a tough, tough night for Rising tonight. They unfortunately lose in the round of 32 in Sacramento by the score of two to zero. Not, not a great display today. Owen, how are you feeling? You know, it, it's interesting because, and I think, hop, I'll hop straight off of your your thought on they saying it's not a great display. Um, you know what? We've actually, it's literally just popped up here. So we do actually have Rick's thoughts coming off of this. And I think you'll, you'll discover that he actually said something a little bit different there. So, okay. you know what? Let's hop straight in off the bat with taking it seriously. And let's hop in with Rick's first thoughts after that match. I thought we were fantastic. To go on the road against a pretty good team, uh, I thought we dominated the game for the most part, created some really good chances. Um, their go- both goals came from set pieces for them. And, you know, that's really a sign of a lot of guys that haven't played together very much. Uh, you know, they didn't understand roles and responsibilities as much as they probably should have, and that's on us as a coaching staff. But... Um, Look, we missed a penalty. We had a header that, that went off the underside of the bar and didn't go in. Um, we had a couple of other good opportunities that we should have put away. And, you know, it, it, by, by, by no means am I disappointed with the performance. I, I'm disappointed that uh, we didn't win. You know, you want to win all the time. I thought uh, Sievert Hagley was very good. I thought um, Carlos Anguiano really grew into the game, and I'm really happy for him because he needed this experience. Uh, Joey Calistri was playing defensive midfield for us. We've got a lot of injuries, and um, you know I'm, I'm proud of the boys. I thought it was a really good performance, um, and uh, you know I'm feeling more and more confident about where we're going to be as a team when we need to. Okay, so Ramon, you said that you thought that it wasn't the best of performances. Rick comes out and says something entirely different. I'm yeah. intrigued now, and I'm going to throw this back to you. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about what Rick just said and about, you know, the performance as a whole? So looking at the game as a whole, like he's he's saying, I, I thought it was a fair display. I think just the execution wasn't there for Rising today. Obviously, with the penalty, uh, I, I want to dig in and, and to the, into this a little bit deeper, but I felt Marcus Epps and Santi Moore could have done a lot more offensively. Um it looked like Sacramento was really trying to hone in on Greg Hurst, body him up, prevent him from being involved in plays. And I think that kind of neutralized the Phoenix attack. Um, now, Phoenix started off great. I thought the first 15, 20 minutes were great for rising. Eventually, Sacramento was able to settle down, kind of play their game a little bit more. But once the second half started and they were down a goal and obviously after the penalty miss, I just, you know, it was tough for them to be creative. 
uh, a little bogged down. I think maybe the the injuries and the fact that they Aiden Quinn wasn't there, Lambert weren't there, uh, Joey Farrell, you know, and says, uh, wasn't there as well. So I think those things kind of caught up to them. And and you know, a lot of people are playing out of position. You know, like he just he mentioned Joey Calistri. I mean, Calistri plays everywhere, so I don't want to say he's out of position, but he was playing center mid, then right back, and then yellow cards, you know, started mounting up. So that aspect of the game was, I felt, a little bit disappointing. But overall, the other things that that Rick mentioned, I could see the point of it, but it's just a a disappointing result uh, tonight. It it is, it is. And I think that when you look at it as they lost 2-0, the one goal comes late in the game, you know, for a lot of that game, it felt like it wouldn't have taken much for Rising to get themselves back in there. The problem they had is that, and, and you are correct here, I think in the final third, they just weren't good enough. Uh, it didn't feel as though Rising was creating the kind of clear-cut chances that we did see at the other end of the field, even mm-hmm. if, you know, when you look at it, it didn't feel like Lunt was necessarily challenged as much as he could have been. Uh, but they fe- it felt like there were a lot more chances that went just past the post, say, when Sacramento were on the attack as opposed to yeah. Rising. And, and the other thing as well is that Rising just wasn't really winning a huge amount in the air, it felt like. They they weren't winning enough in the air mm-hmm. when they were putting the cross in. And that's something we've seen all season. Um, so that's that's not something that's new. But it, it is disappointing, especially when you're coming up against a team who are one of the worst teams in the league at, at aerial jewels and about winning those balls in the air. So... It's disappointing in that sense, I think, that in the final third, they were a disappointment. That said, again, there were two chances in the first half, the penalty with the follow-up, and, of course, you've also got that one Marcus Epps effort, which, from from what we gather, nobody really has a great camera angle on that, so we don't know for certain. Yeah. Did it go in? Did it not? It, it's You've just got to stand by what, what was called on the field with that. There's nothing that that you can really add there, but that I think just took some of the confidence away and you're yeah. right. There was a little bit of a, a kind of mismatchy kind of stuff with um, people just being put in different spots that they weren't necessarily uh, being their primary position. And then, you know, to add on top of that, you also had a lot of yellow cards start flying. That starts impacting how people are going to play. Um mm-hmm. Look, it's it's hard to come away from it feeling really positive, and I know Rick is there trying to to bring out the positive vibe about that one, but but I'm not quite buying it because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there weren't you know outside of those two opportunities in the first half. I guess when did you really feel that they threatened? There were one or two moments, maybe other than that, but it didn't yeah. it didn't feel like there was no real like edge of your seat, was there? It was all mm-hmm. the, the thing that kept you going was the anticipation that maybe. Because maybe they'll get that one chance and they'll bury it, but the chance never really came. Yeah, I, I think the game in in my mind pretty much ended once Hurst missed that penalty, and then when he tried to to uh, capitalize on that rebound, and uh, the the keeper with his name of Danny uh, Viravello, yeah, he's just it was big tonight. He had a, a a few chances where he was able to just nick the ball away. Uh, there was one chance in specific that I remember where. Uh, Babu gave a great pass over the top uh, to Epps. Epps, and, and that's the thing with Epps the entire season. He doesn't know where, when to go for the shot. Maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe it's just that's the way he's been told to play. He had a chance in front of goal. Instead of shooting right at the goal, 
He was near the six-yard box. He decided to lay it off to Hurst. And Hurst was thinking, hey, I'm just here for the rebound because you have the wide open chance. And I think just kind of that sums up you know, Epps' season where he's not taking these chances when Rising need him to to take that pressure off of Hurst, who's been playing spectacular. And Santi Moore coming off the injury, not playing his best. Yeah, I think he kind of maybe got a little bit tired towards the end where he just wasn't able to play uh, to, to his potential. And so when you have that happening, none of the front three guys, you know, playing as well as they should, it, it just takes the the air out of the team. And I don't think Arturo Rodriguez was able to do much more than what he did in, in earning that penalty in the second half. I thought he was spectacular that he put the team on his back. And unfortunately, no, no, nobody else in the offense showed up to help him out. Yo, I think there's one thing in there. You mentioned about Marcus. We should focus a little bit on that because I think that what you're talking about with Marcus is something that we actually have seen on different sides of the ball as well. It's happening with multiple players in the attack. It's happened with multiple players in the defense. And there's one word to describe it. And it's indecisive. It feels mm-hmm. like there's a lack of just, just go for it try and do something and again that that's happened on the attack and on the defense we've said about it in the defense in this past week where there were just moments where especially in transition you see that kind of hesitation they're not quite sure who they're supposed to be tracking and they're going to get caught in this no man's land in the middle whereby they're not really tracking anybody and they're not going to be able to catch up with either of those players and then we're seeing that on the attack as well where sometimes they're getting up the field and they just stop and kind of look back or you get a, you know, just a ball that's going towards nobody, or mm-hmm. it's just a lot of things going on there that um, really, I don't yeah. know. It's just like mentally, it's not quite clicking. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Um, I do want to tackle some of these comments here, but before we do that, I do want to talk about our friends at OG's Brands. So OG's Brands, uh, you know, one of the best. Uh, dispensaries um i'm sorry scratch made thc gummies that there that are out there and you can stop by your local dispensary and grab some amazing scratch made thc gummies from our friends at ogs uh they just announced their new mini ogs which is a three milligram microdose option for those not wanting to dive right into their regular 10 milligram option they have a you can try the tropical flavor in either sativa or indica strains and these are available now exclusively at zen leaf locations through uh may 11th uh, if you're interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z-Brands.com to find an OGs near you. All right. So, yeah, I, I do want to give a quick shout out to Scott. Um, we got a couple of Scots in the chat. Uh, Tyler, we got Jet, um, uh, Peyton here with great comments. Um, Emma, Devin, thank you so much for, for waiting for us up here. I know it's uh, kind of late over here. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a late one. It's a late one <laughs> on a Wednesday night, especially as well. It's a late one. I do want to um, highlight a, a, a comment here from Scott Mitchell. He says, "When will Shant take the tournament play seriously?" And uh, I also do want to shout out Edwin. Uh, Edwin's in the comments. He's lurking here. I see you. Uh, but yeah, a very valid can't point. Can't quite get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, Scott with a great uh, question there. Now I don't want to say that. Rick Shans didn't take this game seriously. I just felt the amount of injuries and the rotations that were needed ahead of Sunday's game made him, you know, to to field this lineup with a lot of players that haven't played with each other. How Gleader, his first start, Madrid hasn't played in a, in a while. King coming back from injury. Anguiano, who I thought played pretty well for someone that hasn't played that amount of minutes the entire season, was able to control the ball. Uh, 
physically he's going to get outmatched every time, but in the pace of play, he was able to, to move that forward. So what do you think about that? Is, is this, are we faulting Rick for this loss or, or the lineup at, at least? And, and what do you make of that? Right. So just going to say one thing. We'll come back to Carlos because I have got something uploading at the minute that Rick was talking about. So we'll come back to Carlos after we can hear his thoughts. But yes, I think this is a a case of a game where, again, Rising came into this match with five players who were out due to injury. Mm -hmm. You had Ryan Flood, who was recovering from a stomach bug and only got back into training, I believe, as of yesterday. Uh, and then you had Joe Farrell, who came off the bench in the end, who had a swollen ankle, really has been putting in a lot of minutes these past few weeks. And so did need a break. Um, I think it's there's a lot of talk here. About, and I can see in the comments people talking about is it open cup, you know, open cup over league or league over open cup. And mm-hmm. I think that in this case, it was just a matter of too many injuries at the same time, too many games kind of stacking up on top of each other. And it caused this rotation in a way that, look, we all like to comment on Rick and rotation in on Wednesday games, but a lot of the rotation today was forced. So I don't think that you can really point the finger at that. I mm-hmm. think the questions that you have to ask, if you want to ask questions, are about whether the substitutions were right at the right kind of moments, whether you know certain things like that, whether he was reading the game necessarily in the moments correctly. Those are where you could ask questions, um, and I'm sure we can we can talk about that in a minute. Um, but I do actually now that now that we said that, I do believe that the uh, the video now has uploaded. By the way, uh, so <laughs> if we want to take a look at what Rick said when I asked him about uh, Carlos and his impact in the midfield, that should be good to go. Let's have a look. Well, I mean, it was fantastic. I thought he was amazing on the ball. Very quick, great skill. Drew some fouls for us. Uh, I thought we should have played through him more often. Um, they were playing inside-out pressure, and they wanted to go to your fullbacks. I thought Darnell and Babu ran out of ideas at times. Um, but but there was some good rotation. Once we got them, I mean, they scored a goal. They tried to sit off and counterattack and uh, kind of allowed us to have the ball. We stopped playing centrally. Um, but, again, it, it takes time to play together. This is not the easiest field to play on. The surface is very hard, very bumpy, uh, not a lot of grass. So it's... All these things play against coming back on the road, and that's our own fault. Yeah, so I I think that with with the Carlos question, what you have here is um, there's a situation where you've got a guy who, yes, he's good on the ball. We all know he's good on the ball. Um, I don't think any of us have ever have ever questioned that. The problem that I have, at least with with Carlos playing in, in the way that he is is that he came into this game today and I know Rick said earlier that Kalistri was a defensive midfielder but there were times where it looked like Carlos was the deep lying guy mm-hmm. um, and whether that was because it was transitional moments or, or whatever we can that, that's something that would need us to look back and, and really delve into that kind of footage and, and try and work out what was going on but, but the point there is that a guy like Carlos is never going to win those physical battles because that's just not who he is as a player. He's yeah. a small guy. He doesn't go in and, you know, he is not a replacement in that sense for a guy like an Aiden Quinn or a Kev Lambert because he can't step to them in the way that they do. He can't go out, especially early in a transitional moment, and just be that physical presence that those kind of guys are. And mm-hmm. so I, I think that was almost something that was lacking at times, even in the mid- midfield today, just because. 
you know, who was that guy? Let's yeah. be honest, because it's not typically Arturo. Um, you had Joey Calistri in there who it's not that he's a weak player. I wouldn't say that at all, but he's not quite the same as, as those guys who we just mentioned who, mm. who are out injured at the moment. And, and to Scott's point, Quinn, we'd heard about him being possibly injured after the last game. Lambert, of course, went off injured on Saturday. And from what we gather, it was a hamstring issue. So yes, those guys haven't been in training because they have been injured. Um, I just feel like, yeah, they they kind of lost sometimes the physical battle in there, and and losing a lot of those headers as well up top. It, yeah, it comes back to bite you. Yeah, no, fielding a, a midfield of Calistri, Anguiano, Rodriguez. That you know, not that I mean, Anguiano is one of the shorter guys that I, that I've seen on the team, but it's not. You're not going to win a lot of those duels. Uh, now, I do want to highlight Anguiano. I felt like he had a a, a pretty decent game. Uh, looking at the stats here, 80 touches on the ball, accurate passes, 47 out of 54 for 87%, uh, provided four key passes. He was taking some of the, the corners and provided the 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 cross for Marcus Epps and that chance that he hit the, that hit the crossbar. So, uh, you know, I don't want to say that I was impressed and he should start every game moving forward, but I feel like it, it'll give him a lot more confidence. I think Rick will now look at Anguiano as a, as a you know definite option off the bench if he needs someone maybe in the second half or if he's rotating. Uh, and I think I think he did a fairly good job tonight. Right, and I think it's something that, look, I expected Angiana to get more playing time this season than we've seen him have. Um, mm-hmm. You expected him to get it almost in in that more kind of slightly more advanced role, not necessarily replacing Arturo because he's not quite that guy, but yeah. but not as someone who's going to have to. You know, you'd expect him to be in a midfield that's paired with some more physical people. Um, mm-hmm. And that isn't really what we saw today. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I still think, look, he's not done anything that to me rules him out of, you know, wanting to see him out there on the pitch because I do see what he brought today. It's just mm-hmm. that on the night, was that necessarily what the team needed? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I do want to ask you about the penalty. Uh, Rodriguez, Arturo Rodriguez, I, I felt like he took took on the offensive load and he was able to move the team forward. Um, he dribbled the ball basically around 40, 50 yards and got into the box, earned the penalty. I was surprised by the fact that he did not take the penalty and Greg Hurst was the one that took the penalty. Now, maybe I'm not asking this question of Greg Hurst scores the penalty and rising go on to win, but I was kind of surprised that Arturo didn't just take the ball and say, you know what? I'm doing this. I'm, I'm the guy I'm feeling it. And you know, what, what were your thoughts on that? My understanding is he did actually want the penalty. So mm. I, I don't know. Um, it's a hard one. It's always a hard one to decide who you're going to give the ball to in that kind of a moment, yeah. especially because the kind of form that Greg Hurst has been on, you would say give the ball to him, right? You, know, I, you look at the goals he scored last weekend, and of course yeah. you're going to want to give the ball to him at every exactly. opportunity. But I think you are right, though, in that today, especially though overall, that Arturo Rodriguez was the guy who really kind of stood out as being the main threat uh, from Phoenix's side and I think that's a perfect uh, opportunity for us to link on to our uh, DraftKings King of the Game yes sir yeah let's uh, you know well that's the one that we chose over here for uh, DraftKings King of the Game Arturo Rodriguez 66 touches 26 out of 34 accurate passes no goals but like I said I felt like he was the one that kind of moved the the offensive 
machine for rising and he was able to to carry the team when everybody else was a little bit lacking on that department so arturo rodriguez DraftKings king of the game for tonight so make sure uh uh yeah to to download the DraftKings sportsbook app if you haven't yet so um uh, i see one of the comments here it says uh peyton tv feed showed king leading him away while he was arguing for the ball and so he means uh arturo was uh, talking to Greg Hirsch. So, yeah, you know, we saw it in preseason. Uh, I think Arturo was was able to to score a goal. I, I don't know if it was Louisville, if I remember correctly, the preseason game where he scored a, a penalty. So I was a little bit surprised that he himself didn't take that penalty. So you're really testing me with and bringing up these comments about preseason. I can't remember who scored in the preseason <laughs> game. They all, um, they all become a blur after a certain moment, especially <laughs> with all the... Uh, Especially with all the teams they were playing against who didn't have numbers on the back. It- <laughs> I know. It doesn't make it easier. Um, transitioning here, uh, Pat Moses uh, has a good uh, question. What are your thoughts on Siebert's Haugli's first start? Uh, Rick did mention him a little bit in that clip that you showed us earlier. Uh, you felt he had a great game. What were your thoughts on him? I don't know if I'd say a great game, but I think that he definitely didn't look out of place. And for a first mm-hmm. professional start, that's that's a compliment, let's be honest. Uh, yeah. I think that, yeah, I, I'd be interested to see more of him. Um, I think that the performance we saw today definitely makes me think that we should see more of him. As Bobby's commenting, he, he looked quicker than Manuel Madrid out there. I don't want to be too critical of Manu, but that's a low bar. Manu's, that's not Manu's strength. He's not a quick guy. He's a physical mm-hmm. guy. He might be good on the ball and he might be good at reading the game, but he's not a quick guy. So, look, I thought that Sievert was perfectly fine with the ball at his feet, which for a guy who's six foot five is, of course, you know, in, impressive. Um, I, I'm happy to see him there and hopefully we do see more of him over the coming weeks. For sure, for sure. Scott, thank you so much for that super chat. Best local sports crew in the nation. Great work as always. Uh, humbled to hear that, honestly. Thank you so much, Scott. Always appreciate the super chats. Thank you so much once again. Um, yeah, uh, Arturo Madrid, um, I'm sorry, Manuel Madrid got caught off uh, by uh, Rodriguez from Sacramento in that second goal. So, yeah, definitely not the quickest. I think physically he's top tier. Uh, but yeah, he definitely, you know, had a little bit of fault in that second goal for rising. So uh, Haugli, I felt, you know, he you could tell that he hadn't played competitively in a, in a very long time, just maybe by, you know, uh, being a, a bit slow on closing down on defenders or, yeah, find find the right spot there, Owen. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm uh, just you know what while we're talking about that, yeah, I'm kind of I've been sitting here like cross leg backwards on a bleacher, and one of my legs has just gone to sleep. So <laughs> yeah, well, I've I'll got to walk there. back to the hotel yeah, from here. Nice so, uh, <laughs> weird. my foot is just pins and needles right now. This is weird. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely. I, I mean, I've been there. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, How You know, great, great start. Unfortunately, you know, we you. It had to come in this loss, but I felt he played pretty decently. Uh, nothing too crazy, nothing for me to kind of dismiss him. I wouldn't be surprised if if he started next game on Sunday if if, if Lambert's still out with that injury um, along Farrell, and you know hopefully Farrell's back up to 100 as well. So um, yeah, it's it's a good performance, it's something to build off definitely, and, and can only get better from there. Yeah, I think that's you summed it up perfectly there. I'm, again, it was a solid performance. There were those momentary lapses over the course of the game, and I almost just slapped my hand down on a big bug. Then, um, <laughs> God, this is a, <laughs> this is a weird night, guys. This is a. I know. Oh, yeah, man. I'm going to be the next on the injury report, Pat. That's. Uh, <laughs> 
All right, all right. So before we wrap up, there's a, a good question in here. Should we, should oh, we approach this yeah. one here with do we need to see more from Santi? Um, that's an interesting one. I think that when we when we look at what's happened, you know, we obviously went out injured. Oh my god, the buggy is coming right. Go away, <laughs> go away. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, he went out injured, didn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. in that Valley United game and. And he's kind of been picking himself up from there. I, I don't think he's really arrived this season. I think it's fair to to raise questions over that. I think that the Santi Mo that we've seen in previous years hasn't quite shown up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's a very streaky player. So I'm sure when he does, you're going to find that you're going to have a run of five or six or seven or eight games in a row. Yeah. Where uh, that's, you know, going to gonna happen. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's no, not I think... quite there right now. And, I think, yeah. though, it goes to a broader topic, actually, um, mm-hmm. which is outside of the goal scoring, which is something that he hasn't quite been getting. Um, I think the team as a whole isn't really doing as good of a job as it could at, at working the ball in from those wide areas, um, especially mm-hmm. the crossing is poor. This season so far, Rising's crossing accuracy is around about 21%. And that's not really good enough, especially when you've got some bigger guys in the team. Mm-hmm. Right, so you're you're looking for them to actually do something with that. Um, I don't know. It's disappointing, isn't it? It's disappointing. Yeah. Uh, to go back on that Santi uh, question, yeah, Pat has a good comment here. It says one thing to not be scoring, it's another not to be scoring and not creating any chances. I don't think Santi and 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 I'm on a couple Eps in here as well because it's it's both of them that we've been really patient on. You know, I know Santi had that injury, but Eps. How much are we going to wait? How much until, you know, we, we start getting a little frustrated? In in my opinion, it's just he, he has to be more decisive. I think we're too deep into the season now for us to be like, oh, well, let him warm up. He's still getting acclimated. He's had enough t- minutes in the team. He's he's pretty much the the starting, uh, you know, right winger. So it's, it's you know, who what's going to happen? Is he Do we need to put Kalistri up there, have Epps come off the bench? It's... To me, I'm getting a little bit impatient because it's games like this where he needs to show up. The games like this where he was brought in to perform. And so when when Hurst is not performing, when Santi's not at his best, it's up to Marcus Epps to, t- to kind of put, put that team on his back and say, you know what? If I'm not scoring, then at least I'm creating chances. If I'm not creating chances, then I'm hustling on trying to recover the ball. So those are the things that frustrate me with Marcus Epps. And when you know when you add Santi on the other side of the of the field, not scoring dealing with injuries, it's just going to make it that much harder for Rising to, to, to play up to their potential. I mean, to, to you, what did you see Marcus Epps do tonight, I guess? Uh, he had a few dribbles. He, I, I felt like he was indecisive when he was in that open space. Uh, he was trying to link up with Hurst. He was trying to put in a, a crosser here and there, but nothing to me really spoke to me like, this is Marcus Epps that I saw on those highlight tapes in San Antonio. This uh, To me, that Marcus Epps is really far in the distance and it's not just tonight's game I, we see it you know in, in most games where he comes in he has a few dribbles he's able to get into the box doesn't know whether to shoot lay it off or continue dribbling and ultimately ends up losing the ball bad cross whatever it is and and rising need him that's the thing if, if marcus Epps, if if hurst and him can get going I think the offense will be a lot more dangerous, obviously, but it's it's going to make rising more unpredictable offensively. I think that's one of the comments that the ESPN commentators had 
uh, that, you know, when you look at rising, sometimes they, it feels like they're really predictable offensively. They're, they know who, who the ball's going to. Like you're saying, the crosses aren't going uh, the way rising would want them to do uh, to go. Darnell King had a couple of crosses where he had Hurst or, or Santi in the box and just flew them off uh, to, to the other side. So it, someone needs to step up. Uh, someone needs to help Greg Hurst, whether it's Santi, uh, Epps, or even Repetto at this point, um, and, and help him out. No, I think you're correct there. Um, I mean, in, in Marx's defence, we'll, I will point this one out because it would be unfair not to point it out. He, of course, did have that one effort that appeared to have bounced close to or on the goal line. Mm-hmm. Um, not really sure quite where it bounced. but Yeah, I think it, it hit the goal line. The, the replay showed uh, some chalk coming up, so it didn't cross at all. So. Okay. Um, well, we'll... Yeah, it... It's a and, tough one, though, isn't it? Because I think that what we're seeing again is the exact same word, and it's the word I brought up earlier. It's what you said there, which is indecisive. Um, mm-hmm. And there's only so long that the same problem can keep happening. And happening yeah. and happening and happening and happening and happening until you have to then step in and say, okay, how do we fix this? And if we can't mm-hmm. fix it, what do we change? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I don't know where that point is with Marcus. Um, I know that obviously from from previous press conference comments, Rick has said that he actually thinks that Marcus is improving. Uh, mm-hmm. He thinks he's been playing well as of late, is what he said ahead of the San Antonio game. Um, but I, I don't know. Um, I think there's still a lot of room for improvement there, and uh, mm-hmm. we're just going to have to wait and see with that. I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, before I move on to talk about DraftKings, I do want to point out this comment by Peyton. Uh, side note, King gave the same shoulder check that earned him a red last time around. He got lucky the ref didn't see it. And yes, I was going to tweet about it, but uh, the, the play happened too fast. But I did notice that as well. That's the second time that that King has done that and in that sort of transition. And I don't know whether it's frustration or him just having a personal issue with that uh, whatever player he's there with. It's, it, it's a, a little hard to... Uh, you know, advocate for King when he continues to play like that, especially being the captain of Rising. So, yeah, he was lucky not to earn uh, at least a yellow in that shoulder check because the, the player did go down, and I thought it was kind of fairly similar to what happened uh, in Carson with the, against Galaxy 2. I think there were a lot of moments where Rising were just being caught on the kind of break, and that's why you saw some of those yellow cards coming out. Um, and it, it, it is the kind of thing that happens when you've got Manuel Madrid in the middle who is you know, in the centre of defence, who's, who's slower. Mm-hmm. And you've got Siva Howdley, who is quicker than Manuel Madrid, but again, he's not necessarily blowing you away with pace. Yeah. Um, you've got a guy like Carlos Anguiano as the uh, defensive... Well, at times, he was the deepest midfielder, it looked. And so he, um, you know, he's not necessarily going to be the most physical in those battles. And then it leaves the fullbacks and when I mean, they kind of get stuck on an island, sometimes what you do is you foul. Now the exact moment with King, uh, I can't recall that exact moment. Of course I'm in the building. Unfortunately, sometimes I miss yeah. things like that. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, and yeah, yeah it, it's just, it's just something that don't feed the strip is captaincy that. crew. Yeah. I'll agree with yeah. Pat one on, Pat on that. No, one. no, and that's and that's totally not what I'm on that about. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. It's yeah. nothing like that. It just worries me because I, I feel like he should lead by example, and and it's, I feel like it's right. back to get back games of him doing that, and it just doesn't mm-hmm. give off a good look. So definitely just something to no. keep an eye on. I get you. 
All right, right y'all. So uh, let's, um, let's kick in with DraftKings, please. DraftKings, <laughs> yep, exactly. So, yeah, the NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So really good offer there. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook up now. Use promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, you do have to be 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Woo. All right, Owen, uh, let's wrap things up with the other USL, uh, I'm sorry, US Open Cup action that happened today. Uh, a lot of results. One game actually got suspended, so uh, they're going to be yeah, playing. Yeah, they're going to be resuming tomorrow per the mm. Open Cup handbook because it's resuming within two days of the originally scheduled date. That means they can resume at the point that that match was suspended. It was like uh, the 20th minute or something like that, right? So. Yeah, it was a score at one all. Um Nashville yeah. got the extra time win over Atlanta United. San Jose, 10-9 kicks from the mark. Yep. Ooh. They almost lost that one, yeah. That one was... Uh, um, I was watching the, the goal cast with the, the ESPN Plus one, and uh, they were the ones that... They were really focusing on that one once uh, uh, Sacramento scored their second one. But yeah, great game there. Tight, tight game between Cal United Strikers and LA Galaxy as well. Galaxy go yeah. on, but... Yeah. You know, while... It was a galaxy all over them. 70% possession, 23 shots to five. Mm-hmm. It, the scoreline um, is close. They they kept them well there. Yeah, Cal United went up first. They scored first, uh, and then Galaxy was able to go up 2-1, eventually 3-1, and then they, they scored again in the uh, to end the game. So uh, Houston Dynamo, a close one, San Antonio. I thought San Antonio could have won that one. Honestly, I think they played pretty, pretty, fairly well. Nashville, they come back from a 2-0 deficit to defeat Atlanta United at home. So pretty good games tonight. Uh, and that makes it more disappointing. <laughs> in that rising it does. Winning. It does. I think we yeah. were all excited about the potential for, you know, yeah. having the draw tomorrow and getting all excited about that. And, but again, it's the sixth time now that a team from Arizona has made it to this stage in the modern era of the Open Cup. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, in all six occasions, they've made it no favor. Yeah, and I think this was a great opportunity. They hadn't faced an MLS team at least early, and and you know they they got Valley United, New Mexico, Sacramento Republic teams where they should have been able to beat all of them. So, and you know it would have been exciting to see who Rising would have drew um, if they did get past Sacramento tonight. So definitely disappointing. And like the title of the show says, maybe next year <laughs> we'll see them go a little bit further. So. Uh, any you last know, thoughts? You know what? Yes, sir. Let's just talk quickly because uh, there is one question in there. Do you reckon we should do a uh, show tomorrow previewing the game on Sunday? So I'm hearing, I'm mm. hearing that a certain Mister Neil Collins might be. Uh, I might be hearing from him tomorrow. So okay, okay, all right. Well, I, I mean, if we uh, our producers let us go on, we'll see. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep everybody updated. So if you haven't yet, make sure to, uh, check in on our Twitter account, PHNX underscore underscore rising. We'll let you know what's going on tomorrow and, and, uh, who are we going to be having on the show? So PHNX underscore underscore rising. And as like, uh, like always, always, always says, uh, double the underscore double the fun. <laughs> All right, y'all. So that is it for tonight. Owen, I hope you get to your hotel safely. 
it's okay. The bar closes in half an hour, so um, I'm gonna. Yeah, I don't want to do a long show. Sorry run. about that. <laughs> All right, Noah, have a great night. And I want to shout out everybody in the chat. Thank you for, for being so patient with us tonight. Uh, we appreciate you. We will uh, let you know when we're back on the air. Uh, in the meantime, go ahead and follow us over there. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the PHNX Sports channel. And also give us a five-star review if you're listening to us uh, on your streaming platforms. Uh, platforms. That is it for tonight. Disappointing result, but looking forward to Sunday. Until then, be well, be safe, and we'll see you next time.